everybody. You're listening to Accounting Makes Sense, an MJ the Tutor podcast, and I am your host, MJ. In this podcast, we are focused on helping accounting students all over the world by offering a quick warm-up on various accounting and business topics, hoping to generate bigger discussions and conversations around them. If you are a SEMA case study student right now, then this episode is for you. For this episode, we're going to look at a couple of initial thoughts or tidbits on the SCS pre-scene material for the November 2023 exam session. This is a similar episode format to the ones I did previously, where I talk about some key points raised from the pre-scene. Anyway, I hope you guys gain some helpful insights from these episodes to help you with your preparation. Again, I would just like to put out a disclaimer that these thoughts are simply my own opinion. You should not take these thoughts as the only important aspect of the pre-scene. There would be others as you read through the pre-scene. You would also be able to glean for yourself other important factors to consider. My opinions here, or my thoughts here, are neither wrong nor right. They are simply here to offer help in analyzing situations as well as provide information from another angle. Okay, so as mentioned, our main reference for today is the November 2023 SES pre-scene, which came out a few days ago. It's been around for maybe about two weeks now. I am going to offer four tidbits for today. You should take these as clues, for lack of a better word, clues into the world of the pre-scene company. Before we start with the tidbits, a small backgrounder is to introduce the pre-scene company that we have for November 2023. Our pre-scene company for this session is called Robo Bryce. It is a quoted company that creates solutions for handling objects, primarily in warehouses and factories. So that's the official words on the pre-scene material. But for short, we'll just say that Robo Bryce is in the warehouse automation business. It might not be 100% because they do offer traditional solutions for warehousing as well, things like your shelves and forklifts. But I think we are coming close to uh, warehouse automation as a whole. Anyway, let's start with the tidbits. The first tidbit to share is how this company focuses on technology. The main thing to know about this company is that they really use a lot of technology. They make and design their products with technology, and they believe in using it to stay ahead of trends. They also use technology to make their products better and improve the lives of their customers. The pre-scene material is packed with all these technological stuff, with talks of AVGs and AMRs, which are important in this field. But if you've had a look at what's already out there and what's expected in the future, there's even more to consider. It's crucial to realize that when things are powered by technology, they need to be able to communicate with other tech devices. So a significant concern here is making sure our equipment can work well with others. When it comes to connectivity, it's a two-way street. While we want our equipment to be compatible with others, this inadvertently also means we might have to share information via the use of our equipment. And of course with that, we come to the topics of cybersecurity, privacy concerns, espionage even, and all that other lovely stuff. The second tidbit is how closely the company is connected to its customers. 
there's a lot of back and forth between the company and its customers. If the customers are not doing well, it can affect their relationship with us and their demand for our services. This is hinted at in the pre-scene material, especially towards the end. There's a news article mentioning a price war among supermarkets. They don't directly say that if the supermarkets lower their prices, they have to cut costs, including what they pay us for our services. But it's pretty clear. Our risk register also talks about this with at least two major risks related to customers. One discusses how some customers' businesses are cyclical, which can make it challenging for them to invest in our services. The second one talks about how projects can take a long time, and a lot can change between the start of the project to the end of that project. It shows that investing in our services is a major investment for most customers, so we need to make sure they're financially healthy when we take them on. The third tidbit is the importance of the workforce. This argument has two sides. First, there's the impact of automation on the workforce, especially in warehousing. Many people are worried about automation often leads to job redundancies or workforce reduction. However, it's important to recognize that since this industry is rapidly advancing in technology, people in the field should really focus on adapting to work alongside technology. Automation can be seen as an opportunity for workers to update their skills, explore new roles, and evolve. The other argument concerns our pre-scene company's perspective. As indicated on the pre-scene material, we heavily rely on technical experts for equipment and design. But if we know what's in the real world outside, we know that there's a consistent shortage of such skilled individuals. As a company, we need to be mindful of this. If we want to stay competitive as an employer and attract and retain talent, this is also highlighted in our register, which discusses compensation and ensuring that our offerings are in line with our competitors. It might even be worth considering offering better compensation, if at all possible. Striking that right balance is essential, and our aim is to remain aware of these considerations. The last tidbit is on the financial performance of the business. You might be curious as to why this is being pointed out. After all, we are making money, right? One of the concerns here is that it seems like we're not making as much progress as we could be. If we compare our financial figures to those of our competitor, they appear to be doing slightly better, even if it's by a small margin. Given that we're in the same industry, doing similar work, and dealing with similar factors, we should be more closely aligned or possibly even outperforming them. The revenue gap between our two companies is $4.8 million, which is quite substantial. Our goal is to narrow this gap as much as we can. One possible reason for this could be our continued support of the traditional solutions at the Darland factory. We don't have precise numbers about the different segments, so I can't confirm whether sticking with traditional solutions is still a viable approach or not. However, it is a question worth considering. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope you were able to glean the same tidbits from the pre-scene as I did, maybe even more. Keep on reading that pre-scene to gain a better understanding of the scenario. As always, I thank you for listening to Accounting Makes Sense. I am your host, MJ the Tutor. 
If you're keen to connect to be updated with the arrival of the next episode of this podcast or find SEMA resources online, please head on over to my website, www.mjthetutor.com. You can also hit subscribe on whichever platform you are using to listen to this podcast. If you want to connect on social media, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name MJ the Tutor. So I hope to see you again next time. Ciao for now!